Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fake Kings Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, worshiper of touchdown machine, Nikhil Harry, friends with the Oracle, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined by some of the guys. We have the founder, president, and treasurer of Gotta Chubb for Nick Chubb Fan Club, champion of doggos everywhere, and the man formerly known as Steve Timberland, resident old man Clark Barnes. And the weatherman, WNBA hot take machine, the coach whisperer, the wine sipperer, the Will Disleyer, uh, working girl Jordan Smith. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing great, Pete. Delightful. Um, we, starting off, just to get some, get our ducks in order, we will not be having a podcast coming out on Thursday, so there won't be a start and sit podcast this week since it is Thanksgiving. Um, we are going to enjoy that with our families and with our friends and whomever we are going to celebrate it with. But since it is the season of thanks, I just wanted to start the podcast by saying I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for this podcast being three years old and you guys having uh, put in the time and stuck around with me on it. So uh, cheers to that. Cheers. I'll drink to that. One of the best things about doing a podcast is realizing all of the annoying things that you do when you're speaking. So I've, <laughs> I've really appreciated sharpening my speech. We, we should have come up with like some, and this is us planning on pod right now, um, some fantasy football things we're thankful for, like players we're thankful for. I only really have one, and it's that I have bought Lamar Jackson's stock in just about every league I could because that's the only thing that I am that's the only thing I got going for me this season I'm like a 500 (laughs) fantasy player this season and yeah but you but you got yourself all the Lamar Jackson shares you possibly could I didn't reach either I got him exactly in a, a late Targeted I mean, granted, he should be like, I mean, you, I didn't reach like he should be the first overall pick given just how good he is from a fantasy standpoint. So it's, so it's like literally any place you got him is not technically a reach, Jordan. So it, it's like the 14 other rounds where I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the entire rest of the draft that that uh, killed you. I would have been nice and thankful for Cooper Cup, except for the fact that Cooper Cup recently has been not great. I was I bought him everywhere because I was fully on board. Also bought Amari Cooper everywhere. Uh, but uh, Amari Cooper, I totally understood why he was not going to do well this uh, last week. But Cooper Cup, the Rams offense has been letting me down recently, and I'm not a fan. I've got one. Uh, on brand, I'm thankful for all of the uh, good guys in the NFL. The uh, old adage that if it bleeds, it leads is absolutely true. We hear a lot of negative talk about certain players in the NFL and well-deserved. Uh, a lot there are a lot of scumbags out there but it's not everyone and I'll just use the the example of uh, last night Thursday night football game the Texans managed to squeak one out against the Colts Hopkins caught a touchdown and handed the ball to his mom who this is well publicized I don't know DeAndre I'm not divulging any secrets Uh, (laughs) she lost her sight because of a domestic violence incident and I know that DeAndre Hopkins has done a lot for that and just seems Seems like a nice fella. And there's just lots of those guys out there in the league. So while we're railing against the jerks, let's not paint with too broad of a brushstroke. And I'm thankful when people are kind human beings. And so let's let's celebrate that. Amen. It's always nice to have a guy that you can like genuinely root for who just seems like a good dude. Like DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Jackson is even one of those guys, just one of just Somebody who's just an all-around good guy, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm glad I can root for him without being like, should I even have this guy on my roster, or what's going on here? So, 
Well, let's get right into the rest of the show then. We've got obviously week 12 tidbits that we're going to hit on where the fantasy playoffs are starting for most everyone in week 13. So we're going to give you some fantasy playoff hot takes Um, and then week 13 waiver wire ads. But of course, as we start every Tuesday show with week 12 fantasy football MVP, Jordan, let's start with you. Who was your MVP for this week? My MVP is... You can't say Lamar because he hasn't played yet. <laughs> it's not. I definitely had to go outside Coach, of the box this Coach week. predicting. Coach, like, <laughs> retroactively, I'm saying it's Lamar. <laughs> my, my MVP this week is Doug Marone, the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Because they were getting thumped by the Tennessee Titans. It, I mean, they lost by 22, but it felt like they were losing by 42 the whole game they just could not stop uh derrick henry who again late season is like a boulder rolling down a hill november Um, december derrick henry versus the jaguars is the best running back in nfl history yes with that said the jacksonville jaguars had absolutely no business running the ball with leonard fournette but god (laughs) bless doug marone he did it anyway leonard fournette finished the game with 24 carries for 97 yards, even adding on to Nick Foles' 48 pass attempts. So Leonard Fournette found the end zone twice. And what was awesome, too, is that uh, Leonard Fournette managed to grab nine catches for 62 yards. Like, Leonard Fournette should have been pretty much a, a, a dud, a zero this week because Jacksonville was playing from behind the whole week. But Doug Marone, man, he stuck to that game plan and he just <laughs> ran the ball as much as he could. Respect to the MVP, Doug Marone. <laughs> Clearly, Doug Marone had Fournette on his fantasy team and he was like, all right, this is this is the week that Fournette's touchdown drought ends. And I am just going to force feed him until he eventually falls into the end zone. And what do you know? He does it twice. He, he had him on his fantasy team. He had him in DraftKings. He had the over for total yards for Leonard Fournette. He, just he had everything. He made it all work out in his favor. It's like, I got to get something out of this season. Oh, uh, I already spoke to my guy, but my MVP for this week is aforementioned late season, Derek Henry, who whenever you just, anytime he plays the Jaguar, somehow, some way he just puts up, he is without a fail. will get you like one, 70 yard touchdown rush just it just happens every single time he plays the Jaguars and I was doing my uh my top five plays for last week like I do every week and I had Derrick Henry as one of my guys and I was doing research on it Derrick Henry in his career against the Jacksonville Jaguars he's played I think seven or eight games well I think this is now his eighth he's averaging 80 yards and a touchdown against it that's like his baseline average he plays the jaguars he'll get you 80 yards rushing and a touchdown baseline which is just incredible to me so derrick henry takes my mvp for this week i think is derrick henry the best alabama running back of all time i know I nobody think of mark ingram of off the top of my head is marking the only other uh, uh, i'm looking at a DJ list right now it's pretty impressive um actually so Mark Ingram, there's Sean Alexander, who oh. we can't forget was a stud. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Jacobs currently, Eddie Lacy, of course he had. Pour some out, Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Pour some out. Uh, Kenyon Drake, it's not out of the conversation just yet. <laughs> uh, Trent Richardson, way out of the conversation. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's definitely. He's at definitely. The top. I would say it's him or Sean Alexander. I would agree. I would agree. Clark, who is your MVP for the week? Uh, So I am going to proactively vote (laughs) for my man, (laughs) Lamar Jackson, fantasy MVP. Everyone listening to this Tuesday will see that I'm vindicated. Uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson putting up a huge performance in prime time on mute on ESPN. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Consolation prize, fantasy MVP, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, everybody got to see the Niners. Uh, I know that they're not in a lot of primetime games this year, but I have fawned over that offense uh, for years, even back to my love of Gary Kubiak getting it done with old Matt Schaub back there. They are just so much fun to watch on offense, and their front four this year on defense is making everyone else look good. Uh, I'm not overreacting to them beating the Packers, who I think is who are a good team and they just had a bad game. 
Uh, but gosh, man, it, it's San Francisco has paid their penance for being so good for so long. And now it's, it's nice to have them back in the conversation and they are just exciting to watch. I like this, uh, this theme of giving coaches fantasy MVPs. I like it. We're starting something new here. Second place. That's as high I mean, as I can go right now. We we denigrate a lot of coaches for not putting the ball in the areas in which they should. So it's nice to <laughs> flip that on its head and right. reward people for uh, at least have helping the fantasy community out with their right. terrible. When decisions. when George Kittle and Debo decisions. Samuel get you touchdowns, you you have to celebrate the fact that Kyle Shanahan was able to game plan the guys who you wanted to get points got points. Uh, yeah, exactly. If only can we get Jordan, can you use your influence on the Packers to get Matt LaFleur to just give like 13 to 17 targets to Devonte Adams every game? That would be great. Um, Yeah, it would be nice if they had like a legitimate person that could play opposite of Devonte Adams. So he's not like just shadow covered the entire game and double teamed and I was looking at some stats today because I was heavily disappointed. I uh, Somebody, one of my friends brought up, well, uh, Des Bryant is very much still a free agent. And I'm like, no, we don't need Des Bryant. We already have a big wide receiver who cannot catch. And it's Marquez <laughs> Valdez scaling. Who's <laughs> oh, got a 55% catch, or no, 51% catch rate this season. And he's not even getting the ball that much. It's That's not great. He should be at least catching the one or two balls like Anyway, I'm not upset. Let's, let's move on. Let's, let's move on. All right. So there you go. Week 12 MVPs. And now it's time for Week 12 Tidbits. And we'll start with uh, Chris Carson's season of fumbles finally catching up to him as it took seven fumbles for Pete Carroll to decide that maybe Rashad Penny should get a look uh, at the Seahawks' backfield. And what do you know? Penny took off against the Eagles for 129 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries. Uh, he's likely going to be this week's most popular waiver wire ad. So, Jordan, the natural question is, do you think this backfield is now officially his? Uh, I mean, you can add Rashad Penny, like, just to take a flyer on it. If he's still available, I feel like he might have been uh, sitting on somebody's bench, possibly if you were smart as a handcuff. But it's just... Pete Carroll, man, he he does not give up on his running backs when he declares them a starter. So I I don't think we've seen the last of Chris Carson, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm in. I'm on the outside looking in the fantasy playoffs in a big league and uh, did the zero RB thing and it worked great. My wide receiver core is awesome and my linchpin Alvin Kamara has been having a tough year. And so I picked up Bo Scarborough last week. Did okay. More on that in the tidbits, or we can dovetail into that uh but i need something and no i do not trust pete carroll at all i'm going to channel my inner nick here sunshine pete is an asshole for fantasy owners i'm sure as a man he's fine not disparaging the person but just for fantasy owners so i've seen all of these articles of like rashad penny he's set to get more no we have no idea we we remember when we said this earlier this season and it didn't happen. Do you remember the three times that we've said that earlier this season and it didn't happen? Having said that, I'm sorting uh, how much fab is left in my league to, f- to figure out how much of a budget to put in because it's just – I've only got four or five big blinds left. Like, I got to make a move. Ten jack is probably good enough. If you if – just, just to finish your, uh, your Nick impression, you have to then do the exacerbated. Like, it's just uh, – it's just such a donkey. Let's – we just need to move on. Let's move on. One more tidbit. Uh, we talked a lot about Bo Scarbo last week on the podcast, and he didn't have a huge game, but ended up with, I believe, 98 yards. And uh, I just want to pump up that the method was right. Uh, Scarborough, Scarborough started the game. He was clearly the first second down banger. And, you know, against a weak Washington side, had a good game, especially for a guy who, you know, it was a little worrisome to go out there and spend big form or give up your waiver priority. Uh, I do have some bad news, though. Uh, unfortunately, Bo knows schedule woes. The Lions are set to take on the Bears, the 15th most points to running backs, so not too bad. The Vikings, the 26th most points to running backs. The Buccaneers, 31st, and then the Broncos, 22nd. It is going to be tough sledding for the Detroit backfield as we close out the fantasy season. 
Yeah, that is going to be tough sledding. And and I think you the same thing the the insecurity that people have with the Lions backfield and why maybe you weren't necessarily starting Bo right away after getting him is because we saw so many different running backs go through that backfield without getting like the starter touches. So you're so happy that he did get that starting touch and was able to produce. And I think that's I think you treat the Seahawks backfield in the same way where it's like I would go get Rashad Penny if you if you can don't well, at this point, like, who cares what, how much fab you've got left? They have some pretty good matchups. Clark, burn it all. Go crazy. They've got some pretty good matchups still on the horizon for them. And if Rashad Penny does take over this backfield, well, he's then in for a, you know, a good workload with Pete Carroll calling the shots since the Seahawks offense loves to run the football. It's just, you're right. It's like, will he actually change? I'm hoping he does because Chris Carson, seven fumbles. That's a lot of fumbles that you've still just kept putting the football in his hands, especially for a team that's vying for a Super Bowl run. I mean, they're, what, eight and two now? They're, I mean, as long as Russell Wilson is alive, the Seahawks have that's a decent fair. shot at That's fair. Well, what if Chris Car- Carson fumbles away uh, his life source and Russell Wilson suddenly is just, you know? Well, that's morbid. I don't yeah. want to think about well, that. that. The football at, is a team's life at, source, Clark. At this point in the season, it's not about the fab. It's about sending a message. (laughs) Yes. 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 Well said. (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, It seems the NFL knew what they were doing by not suspending Mason Rudolph uh, as he was so bad against the Bengals that the Steelers were forced to bench him, leading to rookie Devlin Duck Hodges making the offense way more watchable and carrying the Steelers to a win. Honestly, I hope the Steelers stick with him. uh, This being the rookie duck Hodges, because he just looked much better in that offense, moving the football. And I need my James Washington shares to succeed. uh, And that, happened against the Bengals. I also just think Mason Rudolph is, seems like kind of a garbage person, like you, the opposite of what you were talking about earlier, Clark, about uh, supporting good players. Uh, he seems like a garbage person, and Duck Hodges seems like a much better quarterback, and at this point, let's just ride out with uh, Duck Hodges, see what he can do, and if you realize that, oh, crap, this is now uh, at least a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph, now you know you've got to readdress your backup quarterback position because they drafted Rudolph to be presumably the air replacement to a big Ben. And that seems to be not the case anymore. Yeah. Lost in the uh, TNF NXT fight from 10 days ago was uh, Mason Rudolph throwing four interceptions. He just wasn't good. So yeah, duck Hodges, if he can come in and actually give them a fighting chance, which they, I think they're in the wild card spot right now. They definitely need to hold on to it because as I tweeted on Twitter that I really think we're going to end up watching the Titans on the early AFC playoff <laughs> game. It's, and you could it's be going happier. to happen. I'm not happy about it. No. It's going to be really, really annoying. No. Nope. Mm-mm. Texans are going to sink into the wild card. The Titans mm. are not making the playoffs. Dang it. Dang it. Don't speak that into existence. That's what this show is for, Jordan. You can't say things like that. This is just what happens, though, for the Titans. It just it feels like it's something that's about to happen to us. Some team, Derrick Henry's contract is at, oh, up at the end of this year. Some team who just, like, like imagine Derrick Henry on a team like the Seahawks or the Patriots or a team that just gets hot also. In, like, the whole team gets hot in the, like, in the winter and in that playoff push. Like, imagine how good... I'm only getting hot in the winter season. Derrick Henry would be on a team that also only gets hot in the winter seasons. I feel like the Patriots are the only team that can give uh, Derrick Henry a big contract and actually make it look good. Well, they would just do it and everyone would be like, this is the greatest move ever. And then it would probably, I mean, it would be no different than any other team. Just the media loves to think Bill Belichick is a goddamn genius with how he uh, uses his cap space. If they do, uh, Sony Michelle would be an amazing 12th round pick, sticking with the Patriots MO of the third guy on the roster. <laughs> Be, the being the running back that you need to draft yeah. in fantasy. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, in Tiet Bietz, after dismantling the Dolphins, we now finally have seen a Browns offense that uh, kind of looks like what we wanted so badly uh, during this offseason. Baker Mayfield has now thrown for at least two touchdowns in his last three games. He tossed three against the uh, the Miami Dolphins. Jarvis Landry continues to lead the offense in just about everything and had himself a nice little revenge game. I'm really upset with myself that I didn't put him as a must-start 
this week on our on our podcast, considering that this was a revenge game of all revenge games. Uh, and he went for 148 yards, two touchdowns. Even Odell Beckham Jr. did something. Caught six balls for 84 yards and a touchdown. Clark, can we rely on this Browns offense moving forward? Is it finally here? So this is a tough one. Uh, we know Miami is really bad, uh, but I actually watched most of this game. You're welcome. The things I do for Ooh, the podcast. This guy. Uh, and, and Cleveland about 28 to zero in the first half. So the score is a little misleading thinking that the Dolphins are actually able to do something. Uh, it's going to be a tough couple of weeks coming up for the Browns. The Browns have the Steelers who are pretty tough, but then things get a lot easier for the, for the old Brownies. Uh, they host the Bengals, travel to Arizona, and then <clears throat> host the Ravens. Uh, so I think that we can see a bump from the Browns here. They have so much talent. It's just been an aptitude in play calling, which, boy, lots of procedural penalties <laughs> and just kind of those really embarrassing penalties for a head coach who's running the offense. Uh, but we're seeing the talent that we expected to see at the beginning of the year start to come around a little bit, and the, the schedule is much softer for the Browns moving forward. What's interesting with the Browns uh, and over the next couple of games, too, to watch out for is that um, David Njoku was eligible to come back this week, but he Ooh. didn't. Oh. So he could Ooh. be oh. on the field next week, returning from, uh, a, I believe, just a broken wrist and the concussion, which was like two months ago now. But um, he could be good to go adding another weapon to the offense, and it could be running at at least full capacity, the coaches might, you know, hold it back a little bit. But with him and with Cream Hunt adding a little interesting dynamic there, it could be pretty fun. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, I would be interested to, like, do a deep dive into this because I'm wondering if the re- one of the reasons why this offense – what didn't look so good through the rest is like, I can understand why you would, you would construct a game plan with the players you think you have. And then if one of those players you don't have, it could throw a wrench in your offensive game plan. Cause the offense has looked so much better. Once Kareem hunt has been back into the fold, just giving them that other weapon out of the backfield to go with Nick Chubb. And I have to give Freddie kitchens credit. I mean, we love to, you know, shit on him occasionally on the show and, and you just wanted, you know, Odell and and Jarvis to go off this year and they haven't really especially Odell but I have to give Kitchens credit for still keeping Nick Chubb a very fantasy viable running back even with the addition of Kareem Hunt I was petrified that Kareem Hunt's addition to the to the Browns backfield would suddenly shut down uh, Nick Chubb from any kind of fantasy consistent value but Nick Chubb unrelenting will continue to get you fantasy points until the end of days all right finally in tidbits the moment we've all been waiting for. The Bengals are starting Andy Dalton again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. that was week 12. <laughs> Before we get to fantasy playoff hot takes, we're going to take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, we are back and it is time. We do it every year. We are mostly right. In fact, we should at some point go back and see how good our hot takes actually are. Never no, look back. Never look back. Just throw it out there just, just and, and move on. Except for when you know you're right and someone said you were stupid. Then we'll look back. Yes, Sony Wayne. Not that we're signaling any one person out. Anyways, uh, the fantasy playoffs are beginning. 
for most people. Week 13, week 14 at the very latest, but week 13 is when most playoffs start. And as such, we love to look through them, look through the rest of the year and give some very, very hot uh, fantasy playoff hot takes. And add some shrill guitar solos in the background uh, to really emphasize how hot these takes are. Uh, Clark, why don't we start with you? Give us your first hot take. For the, so I'm uh, going to double down on a prediction that I made last week. It is Sony Michelle time for the Patriots. The Patriots-Cowboys game, I, I saw on Twitter, didn't get to see the game live. Questions about, are the Cowboys going to make some coaching staff moves or change things? I feel like that's only a question that people who didn't watch the game would ask. Oh no. The Cowboys... Uh, they made a lot of mistakes and they had a lot of the Cowboys made a lot of mistakes and had things not go their way. And that seems to happen a lot against the Patriots. So giving credit where credit is due, but that offense putting Tony Pollard in that jet sweep motion, Mm -hmm. running Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott in those crappy conditions. Dak had a terrible game, which he just does every once in a while. And then he, you know, people start talking about, you know, is he really a top 10 quarterback? And then next week he'll have a great game and it'll be, you know, the other half of people will post memes about how he deserves the $40 million. Anyway, I don't think it's panic time in uh, Dallas or New England, but I think that Sony Michelle was able to do so well in those conditions against that Dallas defense. I'm really going to double down. So the, the next four games for the Pats are against the Texans, who were just embarrassed by the Colts rushing attack. Uh, then they play the Chiefs and the Bengals and the Bills. So that's a really strong fantasy playoff schedule for the Patriots who are struggling. And even a struggling Patriots team, probably you know top third of the league still <laughs> in offensive production. But they're starting to lean on the run. They need to. They're relying on their rookie wide receivers. The Patriots have just never really wanted to do that. They'll probably get Dorsett and Senu back at some point. But I think this is the time, you know, if you started – uh, if you started Michelle last week, go ahead and plug him in. He's gonna he's gonna take it to that championship. Yeah, I love this play because we've even because Brady has even come out and said like this team is now a we win on defense and we run the football and we're clock management. And if you get a Brady buy in, then you know that this is what the offense is going to look like. And we saw it. It was crappy conditions, which is probably going to be for the rest of the season. Any games in Foxborough, but the Patriots are going to want to just like run the football down their opponents' throats and then play completely stout you know shut down defense which is what they can do and so sony michelle clearly has a handle on that backfield james white saw nothing that game rex burkhead had like three carries this is sony michelle's backfield the matchups you pointed out are all terrific he's gonna win you a championship i love it yeah i actually have a fantasy hot take that's a little bit close to this but it does involve sony michelle because um they do have two more home games so, I, I mean, if you watch the game, it was like sideways raining in Foxborough, which I don't think the weather is going to get any better. If anything, that shit's going to turn. I keep swearing. Sorry. Um, it's going to turn into snow or sleet. It's just going to be icy. So they play Kansas City at home and Buffalo at home in weeks 14 and 16. Uh, in the weeks they're on the road, they play Houston in a dome, which is nice and cozy. And they, then they play at Cincinnati, which should be them just rolling over their opponent. And if you, for whatever reason, you have your fantasy playoff championship in week 17, they play the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> which is which just going to, just an easy, easy points. Sony Michelle running into your heart and do a fantasy championship. <laughs> Jordan, you said you had a, your first hot take was in relation to Sony? Yeah, so my hot take, and I've been thinking about this because I'm trying to determine who it's going to be um, for a number of lineups. I think that a running back that's not named Derrick Henry is going to get hot down the stretch and just not just help you win a championship, but is going to change kind of the fantasy landscape where you're like, well, look at this freaking guy who's all of a sudden running for 150 yards and scoring 20 fantasy points. I have three options of people that I think are just going to get hot or live up to the expectation that we set for them. Uh, the first one is, of course, Sony Michelle. Um, 
I think with Isaiah Wynn coming back as well and getting some good starter reps, um, he's back, right? I didn't. Oh yeah, not, yeah, like, yeah. Misremembering, yeah. Uh, I thought I saw him yesterday, and I, I think that's going to help him get the ball turning on the ground. I think the pass realized that's what they have to do on offense. Um, another option I have is Ronald Jones, who has a decent schedule um, ending the season with two games in weeks 15 and 16 against Detroit and against Houston. Um, so I think there will be some opportunities for him there, especially if Tampa Bay decides that uh, they want to take the ball out of James Winston's hands in certain situations, which is not always a bad thing. Uh, and third, a guy you kind of thought was going to grab the starter position, take the reins, and lead his offense because the quarterback is always a question mark week in and week out. And that's Bears rookie running back David Montgomery, who wraps up games against Green Bay and Kansas City, two teams that you can run well against. It's just a matter of can the Bears hang around in that game uh, to make running the ball an actual option. So those are the three options. You guys have a favorite or power ranking of the three? I, I would go Michelle uh, Montgomery and then Ronald Jones. It's it's tough to to get behind Ronald Jones, who's starting to show a little bit more. But uh, but you know how much I love schedule. We have a really good idea of who these teams are, and if the schedule looks good, uh, that kind of trumps the the player in some respects. So that that's the order I'd go with. Yeah, I might I might agree with Clark, but I think David Montgomery and Sony Michelle are pretty dang close. And I'm saying this partially because I'm a David Montgomery owner and I'm speaking good things into existence. But also, the Bears' run defense schedule is a gorgeous, gorgeous walk through the park. You have the Lions next week, then you have Dallas, then you have Green Bay, Kansas City, and Minnesota, all of whom you can run the football on and score on. It's just relying on Matt Nagy and this Bears offense to do the right thing which is infuriating and will probably make me tear my hair out. But if they do do the right thing, then uh, Montgomery's in for a huge nice, <laughs> it's in for a huge conclusion to the season. So I like I, that's a great list of three. I like all of those. I haven't had a chance yeah. to figure out what happened. I thought Chase uh, Chase what's his face was going to start for the Bears. Trubisky's is okay. Oh yeah, Trubisky's uh, miracle Fine healing there. powers from his dislocated nothingness was well it's good I, i'm for trubisky yeah i just i thought we were going to get a quarterback in chicago that's tough no, we're not yeah we it's will. it's also not like these running backs are just super available on the waiver wire and you're way past the trade deadline it's more of a like i think one of these three you can just comfortably keep in your lineup and don't get too cute with it around playoff time just plug them in and watch him work. Derek Henry, Schmerich, Schmenry, one of these three running backs is going to win you a championship. All right, so my first uh, hot take for the playoffs from week 13 onwards, Ryan Tannehill will be a better fantasy quarterback than Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Get the fire! Since he's taken over the starting job for Tennessee, he's scored two total touchdowns in every game he's played. He's averaging almost 40 yards per game rushing in the last three games, which gives you that nice boosted floor with a rushing quarterback. Only Lamar Jackson has scored more fantasy points for than Ryan Tannehill in that span of time. He is the second easy schedule for quarterbacks the rest of the way uh, against the Colts, Raiders, Texans, Saints, and then Texans again. So Ryan Tannehill is walking into a very nice schedule and has shown that he can get fantasy points with the MVP of the fantasy season we've all decided and agreed upon. Meanwhile, it's been a bumpy season for Mahomes. He's had injuries and, and has struggled to meet the expectations that we thrust upon them after throwing for 50 touchdowns last year. He's got the hard, third hardest uh, season rest of the way. Raiders, Patriots, Broncos, Bears, and Chargers. Pats, Broncos, and Bears are all top five and fewest points to quarterbacks. And the Chargers held Mahomes to 182 yards and uh, a touchdown and interception back in week 11. Meanwhile, the Packers offense clearly has some things they need to work through after uh, after the Sunday night game against the 49ers. 
great defense nonetheless, but that offense has some has some things to fix. It's three games in a row now that Rodgers has thrown one or fewer touchdowns, and they have the uh, sixth hardest schedule rest of the season. So it might be very difficult for you as a Patrick Mahomes owner to say, well, I'm going to bench Mahomes for Ryan Tannehill. But if you are an Aaron Rodgers owner, I would heavily encourage you to go get him off the waiver wire, bench Aaron Rodgers, because Ryan Tannehill is going to lead you to a fantasy championship. That is a hot take. <laughs> I always can tell when my takes are are just too out of the stratosphere. When Clark, when there's a long pause and Clark just looks and goes, that is a hot one. <laughs> No, you know what? I believe in Ryan Tannehill. I always have. Um, even back to his days in Miami, I thought he just kind of may have drawn a little bit of a short straw, but I thought if like the right situation presented itself, and of course he might just be a, a bench player coming in and getting hot at a really good time for the Titans. That could also be true. But with Derrick Henry um, standing right behind him in certain situations, uh, Defenses are going to be crowding that box. They are going to be daring Ryan Tannehill to throw it. And with A.J. Brown looking really, really athletic and Corey Davis, if he can put some good games together, I don't see why Ryan Tannehill can't score you some fantasy points because he can throw the ball and he can run it a little bit. You have to think at this point that the Titans are going to like sign him to a long, not a long-term deal, but like – get him under contract for next year. Don't you think I have a heart? Like if they, if he does one more, if he has one more good game, you have to think that he's going to be the starting quarterback or at least in the running to be their starting quarterback next year. Right. I don't know why they wouldn't give him maybe a three year, $60 million deal with like a team option for the last year. Hmm. Uh, I think he's enough to do that. The Titans aren't going to pick high enough in the draft to feel confident that they're going to, get the quarterback uh, even though we know sometimes they fall a little bit uh yeah he, he's good enough and he, he's a lot better than what they've had right like i loved Mariota coming out i thought this is gonna this is just a can't miss guy there's no way and i also thought derrick henry wasn't very good so you should not listen to me <laughs> if they keep winning and they make the wild card and like get into the playoffs they're not going to really be early enough in the draft to like get a right plug and play starter so i think what they can do is give Tannehill like a bridge contract and um if somebody like jake Fromm is available towards the second half of the draft then that's something that they could do have them you know wait a few games until ryan Tannehill comes back down to earth and that carriage turns into a pumpkin again but or maybe ryan yeah Tannehill i think just, they gotta I, give them something Freaking top 15 quarterback. Who knew? Yeah. Top 10. We can stick with quarterback for my second fantasy playoffs hot take. And this is really more of a question of do you have the chutzpah? Mm. If you've been streaming quarterback or suffering at quarterback, the Arizona Cardinals have allowed the most points to opposing QBs this year. In the fantasy playoffs, the Cardinals will host the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 14. Will you start Doug Hodges week 14 and then pivot to Daniel Jones for weeks 15 and 16? I wrote this down somewhere and then lost it. Daniel Jones is like the fifth Jones when you search for Jones. Yeah. Then, then uh, the Giants have Miami. And Washington. So if you're desperate, you can start Duck Hodges and Daniel Jones to win your fantasy championship. I am going to go out on a limb knowing that we will never look back at this and say that combination gives you QB5 for the last three weeks of the year. Duck Hodges and Daniel Jones getting you all the fantasy points. That's a super spicy take. That is yeah. fuego. Not sure I like Duck Hodges to start anywhere. <laughs> at least not in redraft leagues. So peeling back the Jones. onion curtain. Uh, 
I heard that he was starting instead of Mason Rudolph, and I immediately felt much better about that take because I didn't want to say anything positive about Mason Rudolph. So I just did a little editing on the notes, and Duck Hodges is in. Duck Hodges. I mean, I... You know, you play the matchup. Doug Hodges has looked good when he started, and that's why it's been such a wonder why the Steelers haven't just been like, all right, well, we're going to, you know, see what this kid's got as opposed to running with Mason Rudolph, who's shown us quite literally nothing this year. And then Daniel Jones, the man's had flashes. The man has shown to be a reliable fantasy quarterback when he decides to be. Uh, it's bold. It's bo- imagine- Hodges has some, some good like redneck backstory, which I which appeals to me. Right. That's my demographic, so I'm in. I'm in. Imagine I- imagine winning a fantasy championship on the shoulders of Duck Hodges and Daniel Jones. The bragging rights that you would get, you would you be you would have a statue created of you in front of your house. Just a signed like- poster from Dave Gettleman. Exactly, saying we did it. <laughs> I think like the football community just decided to give Daniel Jones a cool nickname and that made him good for like three weeks too long. Um, I don't think, I think he's been pretty mediocre since like that Tampa Bay game. Um, Mm -hmm. But with all that said, the matchup is pretty juicy uh, against Miami and against Washington. It's rough. Let's just say that. I love it. Uh, Jordan, what's your second hot take for the fantasy playoffs? My second hot you better take. Bring, you better uh, come step up to the plate. Clark has set we, the bar high. You need to burn we, this motherfucker down. We are keeping it with a theme of quarterbacks. I was worried when you guys both said something that I thought you were going to take mine. But um, Mr. Mono himself, Sam Darnold, <laughs> is going to win you a league. Um, ever since his kid sees ghost incident, he has thrown or he has scored rather 12 touchdowns in five games, including two rushing touchdowns. I believe those two rushing touchdowns were just like random four yards. I'm taking this shit. Like I'm just going to run into the end zone. Um, he's just taking what the defense can give him. He's getting hot a little bit earlier. I think if you guys remember last year towards the tail end of the season, he started to get a little bit hot. Um, so I think maybe he's starting to do that again, this time starting a little bit early. He has remaining games at Cincinnati against Miami at Baltimore and against Pittsburgh. So he has, uh, four AFC matchups, one divisional game. Um, I I think a blend of soft and fairly okay defenses, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are they can be good when they want to be. Um, but I think being home against Pittsburgh helps them um, slightly. And, yeah, I just like Sam Darnold putting up points since that terrible New England game. He did not fold. He has been great. And I have him in one read draft league, and I haven't dropped him, even though I'm not going to play him over Lamar Jackson because I don't want somebody else to get him. That's how much I value Sam Darnold right now. I like it. And I like the quarterback takes in a lot of leagues at this time of year. That's when I start dropping my backup quarterback, unless I really like the schedule. So a lot of these guys are coming available. Whereas if you play with a bunch of old ninnies, like I do, everyone likes to roster two quarterbacks, even though it's a one quarterback, 12 team league. So lots of options going into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. And we've talked lots about the jets, uh, the jets offense and their, and their stretch of things to do. I also stretch of games to play things to do. What a, I like Robbie Anderson as well with Sam Darnold. As Sam Darnold is peaking, Robbie Anderson has peaked as well. And uh, with that, again, same games, they're all things that you can take advantage of in the passing game. And I think Robbie Anderson has some big plays still in his uh, repertoire that he'll be able to bust out towards the end of the year to get you you some wins. Yeah, the pass catchers have been really good. That includes Le'Veon Bell. And um, just speaking to the quarterbacks as a whole for fantasy, I think um, it's kind of, you got to be an authority in letting people know that, Hey, sometimes you just got to not play this person based on name recognition. Uh, like you mentioned before, Aaron Rodgers isn't having a very good fantasy time right now. Um, Tom Brady hasn't had a very good fantasy season. Tom Brady uh, hasn't had a good fantasy season since like 2007. 
Tom Brady has never really been a fantasy quarterback except for a couple seasons. Philip Rivers is having a rough time right now. So it's like those guys who have been like, oh, I can't, I can't bench them. Like it's Philip Rivers, like he's going to score me some points. You just got to cut ties with the name recognition. Just look at the numbers. And some of these guys are going to be putting up better numbers than the consummate plug-in week-to-week starter. Just like his spleen, Donald's going to inflate your fantasy score. Hopefully he doesn't explode. Hopefully. Well, I mean, you want your fantasy points to explode, but yeah, hopefully his spleen doesn't. Uh, all right, my uh, my final hot take for the fantasy playoffs. I should have started. I, I led with my hottest one, and now that the, the stakes have been raised, I'm, I fear mine will fall on... Uh, cold ears or will make ears cold but i'll spit it out anyways uh i got this idea i liked it i saw it on heath cummings on cbs had it and i liked it so i'm taking it dj moore will be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver from this point out uh he has been peaking at just the right moment he's been wildly consistent so far this season and i can speak to this because he's on my team uh and i'm going to bask in all that is great about him He's had now what uh, four, three out of his last four games. He's gone over a hundred. And in the one game, he didn't go over a hundred. He had 95 yards and he has become the number one guy unquestionably uh, in a receiving standpoint in that offense. And they got Washington, Atlanta, Seattle Colts and new Orleans uh, the rest of the year, which is a, I believe it's like a top. I think it's like the seventh or sixth or seventh easiest schedule rest of the season for wide receivers. It's putting some faith in Kyle Allen, which is, you know, you do what you want to do, but I've got faith that DJ Moore is going to continue to produce and, uh, and hit his highest points for you in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. He's a baller. Uh, you mentioned the tough spot of new Orleans and Kyle Allen, uh, you got to start a guy that can go off like that in the fantasy playoffs. And if you lose with him putting up two points, I can live with that. Uh, stealing this from speaking of stealing things from more established people, stealing this from Sigmund Bloom. Uh, if I put in DJ Moore and he gets me two points, I can live with that. But if I sit him and he gets me 26, I'm, it's going to be a rough off season. So yeah, just, just go for it. He's good. Yeah. DJ Moore feels like he is one of those players who has been in the league for a couple of years now and you're just like, Oh, when's DJ Moore finally going to be a viable fantasy option, but this is only his second year in the league. <laughs> I don't know like where that comes from. Maybe that's just in my head, but I feel like he's just been there and, you know, transitioning from, um, you know, one quarterback to the other, uh, having like pretty much a broken down Cam Newton for the back half of last season. And then having Kyle Allen, who, maybe maybe should be maybe shouldn't be the starting quarterback right now that remains to be seen but um if that symbiotic relationship with his quarterback is working well then dj moore is a great option because he's good yeah he is good oh man he's been balling and he i think part of what you're talking about jordan as to why he feels like he's been in the league forever and hasn't done anything is because so much of this offseason was made about curtis samuel and the hype around him and how he was going to be the guy in, in this Panthers passing attack that DJ Moore, I feel like was kind of forgotten. And he has proven that uh, he is the guy. He is the much better receiver than Curtis Samuel. Cause that hype train has quite exploded by now. Uh, meanwhile, DJ Moore just keeps chugging along. I think it's also cause his last name is Moore. So there's like seven Moores that play wide receiver in the NFL. It's like how there's now five Allens at quarterback. Yeah. Can't tell them apart. It's not, not true. <laughs> well, there you go. Fantasy football playoff. And don't bother checking back on these because just trust that they'll all be right. All right. Before we go quickly, Waiver wire ads. You've got one person to add or two, because sometimes we like to add more than uh, just one guy. Who are you rushing to add? Clark, we'll start with you. Who you got? Uh, not, not rushing. I had a tough time with this assignment this Casually week. Casually walking. Uh, so I lazily made my way to the podium and nominated Jack Doyle. Eric Ebron went down with injury, and Doyle is not fantastic, but he is solid, and the Colts moved the football. So 
with the barren tight end landscape. I'm just going to continue taking shots at some tight end. Uh, not named Kyle Rudolph. He's killing it. Uh, Straight yeah. the best best tight end in fantasy football right now. That's right. Jack Doyle is low-owned, likely available, and Ebron's out for the year. So maybe a little more opportunity down there in Indy. Jordan, what about yourself? Yeah, I wrote down Jack Doyle. So uh, <laughs> 44% owned in ESPN leagues, and it's just – Part of my unending quest to own every single tight end in fantasy football <laughs> this season. So beautiful. Uh, I got two guys who I like. Uh, one, Benny Snell. He came in for the Steelers uh, last week or this this past week and ran really well. He was coming off of injury. He got the ball twenty one times for ninety eight yards and led the backfield in a big old way. I don't know what James Conner has come out that he will not play for week 13. I don't know exactly what Snell and Samuels, Jalen Samuels workload will be between the two, but clearly the Steelers really like Snell and he will be involved in that, uh, in that backfield. And they've got games against the Browns Cardinals and bills coming up. Uh, so those are all really good matchups to take advantage of. And then finally putting faith in uh, Mr. Trubisky and the bears offense. Once again, can be hard, can be scary, but Anthony Miller has received 20 targets over the last two games. Uh, he caught, he had nine last week against the Giants. He caught six of them for 77 yards. If you're looking for kind of a flex, maybe wide receiver three or four option, if you're playing in a deep league, he's only owned in uh, 12% of Yahoo leagues. He could be a guy who's seemingly suddenly now becoming a more vocal part of that offense and uh, was someone who at the end of last season was getting a lot of hype and uh, going into this year. It hasn't quite lived up to it yet, but maybe now finally things are uh, are trending his way. James Conner seems to max out at 14 regular season games a year. And um, Anthony Miller, just another one of those second year guys who just might be connecting some pieces together. So that's good. I like the Snell pick. We've seen production from the Pittsburgh backfield relatively steadily, even through the tribulations of Mason Rudolph. And since Doc Hodges is going to come on the scene and win you your fantasy championship, uh, why not have old Snell, the old Snell cow in there? Nailed it. You heard this it here guy, first. This guy, you heard it here first indeed. Ah, oh, well, there you go. Awesome. Well, Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whole nine yards. During this Thanksgiving break, um, maybe why don't you tell all those family members while you're sitting around the uh, dining room table eating your turkey like, hey, you guys like podcasts? Maybe you should subscribe to this great podcast. I know, Fake Team Podcast Channel. It's got all kinds of good stuff if you like fantasy sports. Just something you could say to your uh, to your family when you're trying to make small talk or you're trying to keep your uncle quiet because he's had a little too much to drink and is blabbering about something no one really wants to listen to. This is how you get the attention of the household. Talk about podcasts. Talk about our podcast. How do you need to subscribe? Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. We will be back at you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to you two guys. And uh, until then, peace.